So welcome everybody to the January 16th, 2022 Telephonic ACB Board of Directors meeting. Uh, we had originally hoped to have this meeting on Thursday, the 27th, but mo moved it up because um, just really felt that we needed to make a decision on the DC Leadership Conference, and and which is the primary purpose for this board meeting. But it is our normal January telephonic board meeting, so we do have some other business to cover this evening. So thank you all for being here, and we may have a couple uh, of members that come in a little later, and we'll catch them up as we get going. Uh, but with that said, Dan, I will. Dan, Dan, yes. Karen, Karen, Karen's saying we're not up on Media Six yet, so. No, you absolutely are up, guys. You're up. It's yep. absolutely um, up. Uh, yep. There it is. Yep. No, there she it, is. Yeah, really, guys, just... it takes about 90 seconds for the echo to catch it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So we, we're here. So that's good. You know, we continue to learn. So with that said, I'm going to uh, welcome Kim. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Denise Colley, ACB secretary, uh, to... Uh, do roll call and introduction of guests. So, Denise. Okay. Dan Spoon. Here. Deb Cook. Here. Lewis. <laughs> Craig Campbell. Here. I'm here. David Trotz. Here. Kim Charlson. Here. Chris Bell. Uh, here. Jeff Bishop. I'm here. I was gonna say I know he's here. Donna mm -hmm. Brown. Donna. James Crott. Here. Doug Powell. I'm here. Kenneth Semyon. Here. Pat Sheehan. Here. Connie Sims. She is on, you guys. Hey, remember that you guys need to find that got it button when the because of the recording starting, so you're not able to get unmuted until you find that button. Michael Talley? Here. Jeff Tom? No Jeff yet? No. All right. Um, BOP Rep Penny Reader? Here. Staff Eric Bridges? Okay. Here. Okay. Clark Rackpaul? Here. Swatha. <laughs> I'm just going to go with Swatha. <laughs> See if you no, she, she's not present. Not here. Okay. Um, Tony Stevens? Here. Jennifer Flat here. Jolyn Bailey Page. She is not here. Okay. Uh, Nancy Becker here. Cindy Hollis here. Uh, Kelly Gask here. Colby Garrison. She is He's not, not here. Uh, Sharon Lovering. She is not. And um, contractor Rick Morin. Here. Here. 
And what guests do we have tonight? <laughs> we got an alert. Yes. It's <laughs> like Michael Talley. Can y'all hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah Michael, I can hear you, Michael. We, we, we got you. Okay, okay. It just, okay, I was trying to say it earlier during roll call. Okay. Oh, no, you were good. And, and Denise, I think I heard both Donna Brown and Jeff Tom come in. Yeah, I. Uh, my micro headphone microphone is not working, so at that I'm on my iPhone. So okay, okay, thank you, okay. Donna. <clears throat> uh, uh, guests who are on? Any guests? I'm here. Got you, Jeff. All right, All right. Mr. Chair, well, that completes the call of the roll. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate it. And thanks, everybody, for being here. And I want to give a special thanks to our ACB staff. Uh, this is a uh, you know Sunday night, and I know tomorrow is uh, MLK Day, and, and, and it's a national holiday. So I appreciate uh, all of our board members and our, our staff for being present today. Eric and I did have a little bit of a conversation and say we felt it was really the, the leadership team of the staff that really for the most part needed to be present for this. So thank you, Eric, for uh, for following through and making sure the staff is here tonight. And um, so let's go ahead and uh, item three on the agenda is review and approval of the agenda. So we'll start from the beginning. So number one is call to order, Dan Spoon, president. Number two is roll call and introduction of guest, Denise Colley, secretary. Three is review, review bleh, boy, tongue tied tonight. Three is review and approval of the agenda, Dan Spoon. Uh, four is review and approval of the um, November 29th and December 6th budget meeting minutes, uh, Denise Colley, secretary. I will say we realize we still have to go back and catch up on the fall uh, board of directors meeting minutes as, as well as these meeting minutes. So Denise will have both of those ready for us at our DC leadership conference board meeting. And Denise, thanks for, for getting the budget ones uh, ready to go because I think it's important uh, because <clears throat> as we start into this year that we, everybody can see the published uh, uh, budget meeting minutes. So thank you for that. Uh, item five is our uh, mission moment uh, with Eric and Dan uh, giving the highlights. And we really want to honor this time the AD Awards Gala and the success we had there. And we'll talk about that. Uh, six is the president's uh, report or update. I didn't list the items because they were coming in fast and furious, but I've got four or five items uh, on the president's update that I'll share with you when we get to that. Uh, eight uh, is the re executive director's update from Eric Bridges. Uh, nine is review and approval of the uh, policy for uh, reasonable accommodations. And uh, we want to thank Chris Bell, who's worked with Clark, and we think we have now the, the final version, uh, which was sent out to everybody. So hopefully we'll review and approve our reasonable accommodations policy. Uh, Ten, really the primary focus of the meeting tonight is for all of us to have a good and honest discussion about the DC Leadership Conference and whether it should be held as virtual only or as a hybrid event. So the entire board will have an opportunity to comment on that. 
And then 11 is adjourned. So uh, could I have a motion to approve the agenda? So moved. Okay, so Doug moved and who was the... Who was the seconder there? I'll second. This is Kim. Thank you, Kim. Okay, so mm -hmm. Doug moved and Kim seconded. Any discussion? Additions, corrections? All right. Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you all very much. And now we'll go to item number four on the agenda, which is a review and approval of the uh, November 29th and December 6th uh, budget meeting minutes. So, uh, Denise? And so, the minutes were sent out. Are there any corrections or additions? This is Connie. Mm -hmm. um, I just have a correction. It's a piddly little thing, but it's for the record. Um, for the December 6th down, um, the paragraph that starts with the advocacy subcommittee, the last sentence uh, it reads, um, it was moved by Sims. My last name has two M's in it. So if we could just have Sorry that. that. <laughs> I will correct that. Thank you. Thanks, Denise. I know. We, we all there? have to do better by Connie. We got to learn the two M's. So I, I got to think I of her as the M&M &M gal. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no two M's, just one M. One M. Okay. See, I thought it, it was one, one M. M. You, I thought you said two. Oh, you said it had two and it only it has, has one. Okay. Oh, yeah. gosh. I was going to get mixed up again. Okay. One M. Got it. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Connie. Um, we have a motion to accept the minutes. I so move. move. Okay, I think Ray moved, and I couldn't hear who the seconder was. David. David. David and David Trot seconds. All right. Uh, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. All right. Item five on the agenda is the mission moment. Um, I'll start off and then hand it over to Eric. But... I just, um, you know, want to acknowledge and and uh, and really give um, a huge thank you uh, for all those, uh, you know, staff members and volunteers who worked so hard on the AD Awards Gala. This was really, you know, something new for ACB, uh, truly kind of out of the box for us, and uh, you know, it was uh, in our strategic plan for this year. And I really want to thank uh, Tony Stevens, who really stepped up as our Director of Development and Communications and took a lead position on this uh, awards gala with the help of Jennifer. We had, of course, Jolynn and, and Clark and Kelly and, you know, a lot, lot of our staff members really uh, invested a, a good portion of their time as well as our Two uh, committee chairs for the ADP uh, committee, Kim Charlson and Carl Richardson. Uh, also, the community got involved and really helped promote the event out through our membership. And then we just had lots of volunteers that you know stepped up and and did a wonderful job inside the ADP uh, subcommittees and and just volunteers and board members in general. So. I want to say thanks to everybody. I thought it was truly uh, a historic event. Uh, and financially, you know, after all expenses, it netted $35,000 for our organization to support the ADP project, which is fantastic. And 
it just, I thought, put us in that next level of being a true chief influencer inside the blind and low vision community. So thanks to everybody. And I'll turn it over to Eric for his thoughts. Sure. This, um, this was quite an undertaking that started, I, I believe, during an EOS session that we had in uh, late uh, fall to winter of 2020. And it was really kind of a, a Kim, Tony thing, a uh, little kernel that started have an idea and it it uh wow it happened <laughs> and uh as dan said this this is unlike anything we've ever done before as an organization um you know not the outreach to you know our our corporate partners but really looking at um targeting a an event to an audience that is broader than just the blind community and, you know, that is, it's, it's huge for us. It was huge for us in November. It's going to be even bigger for us moving into the future as, you know, an event like this provides uh, the broader community, society to, to understand more about ACB, what we do, audio description, our unquestioned leadership in this area, and the fact that we have so many uh, corporate partners and other corporations that we are recognizing uh, for doing good work in this area. And so this took uh, a Herculean effort uh, by a lot of folks, um, not the least of which was Tony Stevens. Uh, but along the way, uh, Jennifer Flatt joined the team, and there were lots of other folks Kelly Gask and, and putting together a, a communications plan to not just have this event, right, but, but to be able to promote it, to engage with our partners, to have them help us promote this uh, was a very big deal. So, you know, the, the companies like Comcast, NBC, Universal, you know, we, we were able to have this gala streamed on the Peacock uh, app, which is pretty crazy. Um, and, it, and it nearly killed Tony and Jennifer towards the end. Um, but it, you know, all of this shows we have growing influence uh, within the blind community. This is one example of that. Uh, companies, other, other organizations that may not even known of us have now come forward wanting to participate, wanting to increase what they give. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's important, um, much like our other uh, fundraising endeavors are. But it's, it's to a, a slightly different audience with a, a slightly different uh, message. And, and I think it's good that we have this and, and hopefully other events in the future to, to represent the diversity of number one, what we do, but also who we're, who we're reaching out to more people need to know about us. And, you know, thanks, thanks to the gala, there are a number, uh, a great number more individuals that know who we are. And so 
you know, I thank everybody that was involved with this. Uh, Clark Rockville got involved uh, in his, you know, relationships with corporations as well. Uh, a ton of, of volunteers from the ADP committee and as well the, the Gala Planning Committee that was chaired by Will Butler. Um, it was uh, it was pretty amazing. Um, and with that, uh, you know, Tony, uh, do you have anything you'd like to say? Um, you know, first off, yeah, thank you, Dan, and thank you, Eric, for recognizing. I think the, the diversity of, of folks that came together, not just from the ACB umbrella and the ADP committee umbrella, but I mean, we, we had, um, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it, it's impressive to think of the scale that we were able to reach in engagement and, and you know, in six continents. Um, we were thanked by the minister and congratulated uh, by the minister of culture for Mexico, the country of Mexico. I mean, foreign dignitaries. Um, it went, you know, it was, it was an incredible event. Uh, and as much to say that, you know, it, it brought together a lot of folks. It oftentimes is hard to bring together a group and to do group think to make something successful that, uh, that is entertaining and engaging. Uh, those that have not checked it out, please do. Um, it's still up at abawardsgala.org. And I would just recommend uh, going to check it out. You know, thanks to Joel Schneider um, and his team of people who helped choose the awards. Uh, they were a key part of it as well, as well as all of our committee. Uh, the planning committee is just folks that gave a lot of their time and resources to get us in touch with A-list celebrities like Jason Momoa. Um, and so, yeah, so thank you, Eric and Dan, for making this uh, sort of a mission moment. And thanks to all the people that helped really bring together the team that made it a success. Looking forward to this year. Uh, thank you, Tony. And maybe uh, JoLynn Bailey-Page, who's our ADP coordinator and Kim Charlson, who's our co-chair of the ADP committee. I don't know, Joe Lynn or Kim, any thoughts from, from you all? Well, I just want to echo everything that's been said. It was an amazing um, event. Um, I've gone back and rewatched it again because I was so excited the night it happened. You know, I was afraid I might have missed something. I was just so so thrilled with how well everything turned out. Um, Doug Rowland, our producer, did an a incredible job pulling all these virtual schedules and virtual sessions to record everything together, pieced it together. It flowed so well. Um, it was a top-notch professional production. And you know, everybody associated with ACB, um, Tony, Eric, and everybody who had a part just helped to make it so incredibly great. And, you know, we're the, the planning committee starting to talk for, for the 2022 gala. We've got some decisions to make about how, what type, and when, and those kinds of things. But um, I'm sure it's even going to be better. So it'll be great. So thank you, Tony. Thank you to the committee and all the people who helped. Thank you, Kim. JoLynn? I don't think JoLynn is here. Oh, I, I thought I heard I, her. I'm, yeah, I'm she's here. Oh, there you are. I, I, I'm here, but I, I just want to echo um, everything that Kim said. I really don't have anything additional to add except my thanks to um, the ADP steering committee, subcommittees, everyone that, that pulled together from um, the audio description project, but just enormous thanks to everyone. It was a privilege.
Thank you. Thank you, Joe, Joe Lynn, and all, all for all of your efforts. And any other board members that wish to share Mr. their thoughts? Mr. President. Yes, go ahead, Ray. Yeah, uh, well, two things. Um, <clears throat> first of all, this really shows the kind of professional, well-run organization that we have in ACB. This was one of the most professional things that I've ever heard come out of ACB, um, uh, getting a chance to listen to it. And so it really shows the kind of, uh, that we're, uh, you know, we, we're, we as we continue to do things, we're raising the bar and, um, you know, to even bigger and better things. And I think second comment I'd make and really important because of that gala, more and more people who could benefit, I believe, know about audio description and how it can help them or maybe how it can help a relative of theirs uh, who may be visually impaired. And I think that's always important to uh, uh, find ways to, uh, as Eric said, get more people to know about us and get the word out about uh, great services like uh, audio description. So uh, huge, huge thanks to everyone. Thank you, Ray. Uh, any comments from anyone else? All right. Hearing none, then I'll say, all right, guys, we got to do it. Yep. In memory of Bill Spoon, especially the man who yeah. taught me this. So everybody. <laughs> yep. Ready. Hip, hip. 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 Hooray. Hip, hip. Hooray. Hooray. All right. Congratulations. <laughs> Great job, everybody. Well done. Thank you. Um, all right. Item six on the agenda is the president's update slash report. Um, several different items have come in when I told people I would put them underneath the president's uh, update. Uh, so the first, uh, I'm going to call on uh, Chris Bell, uh, a new board of director who is representing and very involved in the Environmental Access Committee. Uh, who would like to bring a proposal to the board from uh, Becky Davidson and the committee on a name change. So, um, Chris, I'll let you have the floor. Thank you, Dan. Um, so, we've been aware that when it comes to people volunteering their names to be on committees, we don't get a lot of volunteers. And it occurred to us that uh, people may look at environmental access and think it's about global warming or environmental science. So what we're proposing is simply to add the word pedestrian in front. So it's Pedestrian Environment Access Committee. Um, so that it's clearer uh, for most people what it is that we uh, do. And, and that's really all I have to say. So instead of eek, it'll become peak? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Chris would like to make the motion. Uh, go ahead, Chris. Official motion. Yes, to I'd change. Like to, yeah. I, uh, I move uh, to uh, have the board uh, agree to change the name of the Environmental Access Committee to the Pedestrian Environment Access Committee. Second. And Pat Sheen will second. All right. Well, give it to Pat. Give it to Pat. We'll, yeah. we'll give it to Pat. Hello, All right. Pat. Good evening. Yes. Good evening. Good. All right. So we have Chris has made the motion. Pat has seconded. Any discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. I, I, I am you. with you. When I was new to ACB, I, I didn't, and everybody didn't even call it the Environment Ex, Environmental Access Committee. They called it EEC. 
And I was like, oh, that was hard to understand. So I think this is a good, good in- improvement. Thank you, Chris. And thank you, Becky and team. Uh, next, uh, I'd like to call on Connie Sims, uh, who would like to um, ask the board for uh, a small additional stipend for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign uh, for our budget. So, Connie, I know you have uh, um, the Get Up and Get Moving campaign has met with uh, with staff here in early January following our budget call, and you all would like to come back with a budget prof- proposal for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. So, Connie, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you, Dan. Um, we did. It, the committee got together, and um, when we talked in the December budget, you asked us to come back with some ideas or line items of what we were going to do. So we're st- we're looking at a thousand dollars, approximately, and I can I'll break it down for you a little bit. We're looking at like three hundred and fifty dollars for affiliate engagement. We're looking at doing some a challenge with the affiliates, so that would be for some. Um, prizes for them, um, $250 for event permits and fees for San Francisco and New York, um, $150 per DVM for a special speaker for the DC um, leadership or um, at the um, Omaha. And then, Omaha Convention. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, $250 for campaign material or for events. So um, we don't know if we need all of that, but that's kind of whatever, what we are looking at um, doing for the events. And that's the dollar amounts that we came up with. Okay. Thank you, Connie. And then I think, uh, Tony, you, you were involved in this and I think helped, helped um, you know, support this from a staff position. Is that correct? Yes, it is, Dan. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. So, um, uh, Connie, if you would like to make a motion for the $1,000 for the Get Up and Get Moving campaign for our, the expense side of our budget. Um, yeah, I would like to make a motion that the board accepts addition to the budget for a thousand dollars for the get up and get moving campaign all right this is denise i second all right thank you denise all right so we have a motion and we have a second any discussion yeah this is david uh, yes david i got a little concerned that this might not be enough when you look at adding the speakers in we and we are concerned about that we didn't want to be too um aggressive so um we just asked for a thousand dollars but you would know you, would you accept a friendly amendment to add 500 i think at that point you could get somebody you know but i i, I would feel more comfortable if you had enough and being able to do it right because this is a good campaign i i would accept that friendly amendment david thank you okay and denise would you also accept it as the seconder of the motion oh yes. sorry denise. Yes. Okay. All right. Good. All right. So it's now been, the motion has now been um, um, amended uh, to from $1,000 to $1,500. Okay. Thank you, David. Any other discussion? And this is Doug. Yes, Doug. H- has anybody um, 
looked into what an event fee would be for San Francisco and New York, I'm concerned that $250 total is 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 not going to be enough. I, but I've never tried to get an event uh, approved. We have, Doug. Yeah. These okay. Are, these are these are closely accurate. It's it's okay. You know, NYPD sixty six dollars for public address systems, twenty five for park permits, and et cetera. It's 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 a little bit more affordable than you may think. Very good. Yep. All right. Thank you, Doug, for your question. Any other questions or comments? All right. Hearing none, I'll go ahead and call the question. All those in favor of the motion, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you. Thank you, Connie, and uh, thank, thank you, you to the Get Up and Get Moving campaign. Appreciate it. Uh, next item, um, this comes from the uh, auction, the summer auction committee, the convention auction. Um, they are... Um, asking and uh david and, and jeff and other members of the board can comment on uh, that are involved in the committee can comment on this if they wish uh but uh they would like the board to consider uh allowing the summer auction committee to designate the money uh for the summer auction to the acb community for all of the work that is involved uh, in putting on the community, uh, not only uh, staffing, but Zoom uh, and um, uh, other, you know, shipping, other activities that take place. So they really would like the money to be designated uh, for the community. They, um, the holiday auction is, is designated to the ACB media. And it just seems like that generates a lot of energy inside of our organization when people know that if they participate, the money goes to a truly designated program that's important to ACB. So they would like uh, the money to be designated for the ACB community. And uh, I don't know, David or Jeff, if you would like to comment on this, but... Uh, um, I would, if, so, from a budget perspective. Okay. Um, as you know, the the community events are funded through the general side of the budget anyway. This this is really not going to make any difference other than having a designated um, place for it to go. It's, it shouldn't affect the budget at all. No, I, it's I not a budget it's item. It's just kind of right. I, it, it, it's, it's looked at more a, from a development a uh, opportunity. Right. Yeah, and, and I think I think it I think it really uh, adds importance to the to the auction. Uh, like you said, you know, we had the media auction in in December, and and ACB media generates a lot of interest, and we know the community generates a lot of interest. I think it's a win win either way. All right. And would you like to so, make a motion, David? And then yeah, I, I would go ahead and, and would hope Jeff, as, as my fellow committee member, would, would agree. Uh, I would like to move that we uh, name it the, you know, move the designating of the funds and name the option the ACB community option. All right. Thank you. I'll second it, but I have a question. Sure, Jeff. I have, and I have a comment. For David. Because I wasn't at that meeting, and I'm fully in favor of this, by the way, so I'm not trying to say that. But my question is, do you have 
I mean, uh, we let's say we make twenty thousand dollars. What do you think the community cost is on an annualized basis? Will will the auction be, you know, fit within the amount that the community covers, or you know, do you have a breakdown of that? Because I that's the only thing I'm concerned I, about. I, I don't have a breakdown. They asked me the same thing that night, and I, I never did get with Nancy on it yet because. Uh, we had already decided to do it. Uh, I don't. I don't think it really matters, other than the fact that, you know, yes, it could eventually pile up some extra money, but I think in that way it just helps us grow the community. But I, I actually think that when you figure staffing and all, that uh, it, it would fit in line for the way it is now. Yeah, I, I, okay. I think you. when you're looking at staff and and uh, and and other licenses, I I think you're 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 probably you're, you're you're over sixty thousand dollars, yeah. So, and then that's yeah. far less than the. the this is Deb. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, go ahead, Deb. Well, yes. I think someone was ahead of me. Oh, okay. Jeff. What? Oh, Jeff I'm Bishop. sorry, Jeff Bishop. I think so. Yeah. Jeff Bishop. Yeah, then, I just have uh, a ahead, question. Jeff. Yes, go ahead. I am not aware of any highlighted event. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 maybe just I'm I'm not thinking through the calendar fully here. And if, and if I am not, then please forgive me if I misspeak here because I don't mm -hmm. intend to. Okay. But I, I I am not aware of a an event where we target funding for membership services, which to me feels like a much bigger targeted need well, of this and, organization. And I will say, Jeff, I messed up because because. Honestly, what the um, um, what the write-up from the uh, auction committee was was for uh, member member services and community. So it was really both. Well, I think, but I think distinctually, they're entirely different things. Mm -hmm. I think I think the, the community represents one thing. Membership growth and membership services represent something totally different. And I think. And I think to to merge the two, I think, at least in my opinion, may not be the right path to take. I'm not opposed to this necessarily, but I, I, I do think that we ought to look at ways in which we can for you know generate a fundraiser of some kind that we know that we don't get the money from dues, right? That doesn't even come close to funding what we need to be able to increase our membership and what it, what fundraising vehicle besides all the other work that we do, because we got 35,000 for ADP, you've got ACB media for the, for the fall auction. We do. I, uh, I can't think of another we do a fundraiser for the Braille forum. Right. Uh, so I, know, I can't yeah. think of one that specifically is targeted, not for community, but for, for membership growth and membership services that correlates to that only. And I don't think that that exists today. I'm just pointing it out. That's all. No, no, I don't. I don't think it does. We have an award for growth, but I don't think we have a a, fun, a development program for that. And if we and if we choose to meet our five year goals, that better become a priority item in reference to fundraising in a vehicle to do that somehow. Right. This again, not that we may not need to do something else in the future, but this was mainly focused on something to give an eye an additional identity to the uh, summer auction. So 
Deb? Um, yeah, I think, you know, kind of to Jeff's point a little bit, um, Jeff, membership service doesn't have this, the, the public sale and appeal. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think I, so oh. I, so, you know, I think that's, cause I think your point is exactly right. And, um, and so, and I, and I do think that membership services needs to be more than the community. So, uh, you know, I think that, um, um, that that's a piece, but I think as far as being attractive to people, people like to buy something. I mean, you know, uh, you know, at the guide dog schools, they, they, uh, they have you donate to pay for the harness. Well, how many harnesses did you actually buy? You know, it's not really that literal, but you think about that because they show you a picture of one and they say, you paid for that. Oh, that's great. Uh, and really what you did was you put some money into the budget and they paid for harnesses as needed. So the community is the same way, I guess. Um, and, I guess for me, though, the thing that makes it a little harder is that mm-hmm. the expenses related to ACB Media are a little more tangible because we have all these server costs and licensing costs and and mm-hmm. technology costs and and tons of things that you can actually, even if you don't sit there and go, well, the auction bought this one and the auction didn't buy that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little easier for me to sort of relate to that when when the community is a few Zoom accounts and and Cindy who's who's supposed to be membership services and so it's just it, there is Colby and I guess at well, some we, point the Colby, Colby about, position will well is a grant right now and will probably run out so I get that much and if that's the way that's we're going right. to yeah. think yeah. about it but it just doesn't seem like the same tangible I mean again producing the Braille forum has has this tangible cost that people can see so i don't know if that matters or not but it kind of does for me when i'm thinking about these things it's like oh really is that is there a real cost associated with that you know and so i I tend to agree with that yeah and and i think that is a big there's a part of it is that you know when community came because of of the amount of of time it takes to organize it and pull it all together that we did bring in uh an assistant and 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 Colby's role, primary role, is to support community. And so, and it was a one-year grant from the Gibney Foundation. And I think part of this is understanding that that is something that's going to have to be funded, you know, year after year. And would it be appropriate for me to say something or not? Uh, yes, go ahead, Cindy. Yes. Uh, just a suggestion for language. Wondering mm-hmm. if membership and community engagement would be um, acceptable and it would, I think that what Jeff is talking to uh, concerning membership is extremely valid. It's definitely on the radar. It's, it's you know, that's all of what um, I do. And so uh, I think it could encompass all of that. We've, we were, talking about that a lot on the committee actually um about what it meant and what the expenses were and certainly the majority of the expense around this is going to be staff travel it's time right it's not it's not something as obviously we know zoom accounts aren't extremely expensive in the big scheme of things um there's also though acb media 
anything that we do with the calendar as we move forward. So those, you know what I mean? Those kinds of expenses as well, but really the bigger is the human resource. So anyway. I'm I'm already funding the calendar. This is Doug. I think we had Chris. Did I hear Chris and then Doug? Okay, good. And then me. And then Jeff. Okay. Go ahead, Chris. I don't think I said anything. So. Oh, you didn't I know. I thought Jeff, there was. I think it was Jeff Bishop back oh. with a comment about. The no, oh, I thought I heard Jeff somebody Tom. before Doug. But was it Jeff Tom? Okay. Uh, uh, well, go ahead, Doug, and then Jeff Tom. So go ahead, Doug. I, I'd, I'd suggest the title be community and member support. Putting community up front rather than the membership and stuff like that. Uh, well, I think, I think engagement is, that, is, is a lot that, better word though than support. What's that? Engagement. Uh, is the, Cindy's suggestion of engagement is a lot better word because it doesn't imply taking care of. So, so yeah. you, you guys are kind of suggesting community and membership engagement? Why would you put I like I mean, membership I think, first? I think I don't membership have a problem should be first. Yeah. Well, we, and we haven't got anybody... Go, go ahead, Jeff. Uh, Doug, I'm, Doug, your thoughts done? Okay, go ahead, Jeff. Okay. I, I like community and membership engagement. The reason I don't want to make it community engagement is I think that people have an understanding, as, as Deb was sort of saying, people sort of know the community. And I think that does give it something identifiable. And But I have no problem with membership engagement. Okay, so, David, so David, are, you, are only, you, you okay with that as being I'm a friendly too. amendment? Yes. And Jeff, you were the seconder, so you're okay yes. with it. Okay. Yeah. So, so right now, all right. So our so the motion the motion on the table is for the proceeds of the summer auction to go and be titled the Community and Membership Engagement is the reason for the auction. Okay? Uh, are, we, are, we keeping, um, are, are we keeping Brenda Dillon in there? Because in there? isn't... Yeah, Brenda isn't Dillon the, isn't the auction. That's not the auction. That, that's, that's not that's the auction. Okay, that's the wall. Yeah, that, that's Sorry. So, yeah. Sorry. I really think membership should come first, honestly, though. Yeah, I, I do, too. And I don't know I don't. why you wouldn't, because membership is the bigger picture. I don't have a problem picture. with that. I mean, I don't care which is first. Uh, I just I, want community I by itself. I don't want yeah, community yeah. engagement. Yeah, I That's understand. That's fine, but yeah. I think membership is more. Is not necessarily more important. But it's the it, bigger picture. It, yes, exactly. Yeah. From a... This is Doug. From, from a... From a uh, publicity standpoint, though, more people connect with, you know, some people are going to say, well, I, I pay membership dues. So that's, mem- you know, no. that's membership engagement. So I, I, I'm not sure that the, the, the focus should be on membership engagement. I, I think that everybody's enjoyed the community pretty much. And uh, so I, I think putting that up front would be a, a better publicity move. 
I agree with that. And this is Deb. I actually really do think it's the other way around because I I think think more of our members are not in the community, (laughs) even though we'd like them to be maybe, but they're not. So I here for our members. I think we're, we're, yeah, I think that membership is the bigger, bigger piece. I'll go with whatever is decided truly, but I, I really think that membership is the bigger statement. We wouldn't be here if we didn't have our members, folks. Yeah, but I I actually think what's the total number of the community? Yeah, in the past, do we have a? a, It's thousands that go on there. Mm -hmm. Not on the actual calls. It's thousands who get the email. But but Deb, I don't go on many community calls, but I go on a few, and I bet there's a lot of members like me. Yeah, and I think that's fine. I'm not quibbling about any of it. I'm just saying, what is this organization about? It's about its membership, and community is one of our services. That's correct. And it's a very highly valued one that we ought to exploit a little here, and I'm all for it. I just don't think that I just think that it does, as Doug says, community really gives an idea of something that people understand and know about. That's the only reason I'm saying that. Not, I don't disagree with one thing you've said. It also, this is Chris. It, it also, the concept of community of people being together and uh, interacting and believing in certain ideals, the concept of community is greater than just being a member. You know, we're a member of a community. And I, that's why I think the community should come first. Well, well right now, yeah. right now our motion is, is for community first, right? So that's what's on the table right now. So the motion is for the money from the summer auction to support community and membership engagement. So any other discussion, then I'll call the question. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go ahead and call the question. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? (laughs) All right. Well, thank you. And thank you to the auction committee for bringing that to the board. I think it'll add value that we identify the summer auction for a particular purpose. I think we're learning more and more from our development that when you can give people, as Deb uh, said, something tangible to relate to, it makes a difference. So thank Dan, you. Dan, Dan one yes. point I'd like to make. Yes. I would like yes, to Jeff. ask that the development development director look at a vehicle for highlighting and fundraising for membership as being its own entity. I would really like to see that happen. We'll okay. happily work on that, Jeff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, good. Thank you. And that could be a challenge for RDC. Yeah, could be. We haven't come up with too many new fundraisers. We, we're getting better at enhancing the ones we have, but we haven't added any new ones too much lately. So, yeah. Good. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, the next item, and I'll be done with my president's update and report <laughs> pretty soon here, I promise, because I know we've got a lot to get to. Um, uh, I first want to apologize for being uh, taking so long to get through this this year, but I uh, sent out uh, the board liaison, affiliate board liaison assignments for 2022. So hopefully everybody had a chance to review that um, the list. And is is everybody comfortable uh, with uh, with your assignments? Uh, if you're not, 
you know, and you don't even wish to speak in public, feel free to give me a shout and we can kind of work through it. But if everybody's good with it, I will kind of present this to our uh, presidents at maybe one of their upcoming uh, hump day happy hour calls and let everybody know kind of who their board liaison is for 2020. This is Deb. Yes, Deb. Hey, um, one of the things that you did, uh, maybe it was your first year, I can't remember, but you, mm-hmm. there was a document developed that um, talked about kind of the expectations of these because it varies way up and down. And I think, I don't know whether it's gotten better because I haven't taken any kind of formal or informal poll lately. But mm-hmm. the last time I heard from states, most of them didn't have any idea who their community, their uh, board liaison was. So it yeah. seems like if we're going to have these, mm-hmm. uh, we we ought to figure out what it is and have uh, some expectations that, that the board agrees they can actually meet. I mean, because if we're asking them to do something they can't do or won't do, there's that. But I, I'm just really concerned that um, this is one of those things that sort of rubs some states the wrong way because they they say, oh, yeah, great. What is it? So um, I just want to toss that out again. Sure. And uh and Cindy put some work in on some, uh, you know, guidelines uh, associated with the affiliate board um, liaisons that we had shared. Oh gosh, you're right. It's probably yeah, it's been, been it's, it's been a long a time. A that's my ago. that's on yeah, my. I do point. I do have that documentation, yeah. and we I could have that resend it out. So we can resend that out, and I think perhaps, you know, having a hub day happy hour call to kind of concentrate on this would be a good thing. I think, Cindy. Yes, I think so too. But yeah. it's also yeah. something we need to concentrate on up here because yes. I, oh, yeah. it's, it's <laughs> that, that was it's my concern was that I'm not yes. sure where they are, but I know where we've been. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, and, and we have some new board members. so Absolutely, I, I absolutely, yeah. 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 And include uh, contact info for the uh, relevant Yeah, and we'll, I'll, I'll send out the, uh, the updated uh, presidents list that has all of the, the affiliate contact information. So I can send that out to the board, I'll work with Sharon and get that sent out. So, okay. Well, good. And if anybody, you know, review the list, if you feel like, uh, you know, uh, please contact me if you have any questions. So thank you. All right. Uh, last but not least, um, I, I just want to make everybody aware that our task forces are all kind of working very diligently here. We've got the Voting Task Force 2.0, chaired by Pat Sheehan, with uh, Jeff Tom as the vice chair. Uh, We've got the Resolutions Task Force 2.0, chaired by Ray, uh, with Deb as the the vice chair, and of course, Gabe as our Resolutions Chair, very involved. And we have the Executive uh, Committee Task Force, uh, chaired by Kim. And so... Uh, just wanted to let everybody know that those committees are all actively meeting, as well as our Constitution and Bylaws Committee, which has a strong place to play in all of these three committees, because ultimately what could come out of this is some request for amendments to our Constitution and Bylaws, uh, chaired by uh, John and, um, uh, and team. So... With that said, I just want to let you know those are all actively working. We expect reports from all of those committees uh, at the board meeting at the D.C. Leadership Conference, and they all have time on the president's agenda to address our leadership uh, at the D.C. Leadership Conference. So um, 
don't have any specifics other than to say, I believe uh, Pat and Ray and John and team are, you all are all planning on kind of getting together and holding a kind of a joint summit here in the February timeframe. Is that correct? That is correct, Dan. Okay. Yeah. Good. We, we have everyone Good. together. Because they all are kind of very intertwined with each other. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So thank you. And the uh, I'm hoping between the executive committee work and the Constitution and bylaws, maybe one thing we could strongly consider, Kim, is uh, proposing maybe a change to the Constitution and bylaws that we wouldn't have to give 14 days notice to hold a board meeting. <laughs> That's just a personal request from from your current president. <laughs> it seems like yeah. in the, in the new world, it's this past week. Yes, and um, and that was probably the number one recommendation. And uh, John McCann and I are going to work on language so we can prepare. Okay. I mean, obviously, we need some time, but it seems like in the in the current environment in which we live, two weeks is a long time to have to pull a, yeah. to pull us all together. So good. All right. I think that's all I had from a, a president's update. Um, any questions or concerns, thoughts? If not, I'll ask for a motion to approve the president's report. So moved, this David. David. Moved. Donna okay. seconds. Donna seconds. Okay. All those in favor, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, now I'm going to turn it over to Eric Bridges uh, for the uh, staff report, our executive director. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Well, uh, ACB is hiring. Um, that's sort of the, the, the main headline. Uh, very recently, uh, we have hired Caitlin Herrera. Caitlin comes to us uh, starting on her master's in social work at Catholic University in Washington and is somebody that has a background in, in uh, working with others, listening to others, actually at times uh, working with children. Um, and she's, I think she's going to be a really good fit. Uh, we spent really the months of November and December looking for somebody that could fit that particular role. Uh, she's with us three days a week. There'll be a, an announcement of her hiring that goes out likely uh, first thing Tuesday morning. Um, so it's 20 hours a week, Tuesday, Thursdays, Fridays. And uh, you know, she'll be answering phones. She'll be supporting, uh, you know, staff in in the Alexandria office, and we're we're happy to have her. So, uh, in addition to that, we've got two other FTE and a contractor position. So the the ACB media and IT manager role. Uh, we are currently hiring for that went out on uh, January 7th and the ACB media uh, coordinator role went out same day and uh, per the budget uh, we were you know 
set to to have these folks onboarded or or coming aboard by March first. And the the big reason for that is for them to be able to help support us in the DC leadership conference. Uh, irrespective of whatever decision we make this evening, um, that you know, having that support is going to be uh, big time for for the staff. So really, you know, the last couple of years, just, you know, we haven't talked a lot about this, but over the last couple of years, we've had two contractors supporting uh, ACB media or ACB radio, as it was known. One dealt with technical and one dealt with program programmatic uh, content issues. And really, you know, over the last six to nine months, it became pretty clear that we needed to have an FTE to to manage and look at the overall ACB media landscape from a strategic perspective, which is the, the manager component. Uh, somebody that understands the programmatic, but also the, the technical components and yeah. possesses some IT knowledge as well, right? So, and then the the coordinator um, role is not really the what was one of the old coordinator roles. It, it has been redefined as well because all of this has evolved over the last, really, I would say, six months in particular. Uh, so that that role really is there to help coordinate volunteers for editing and streaming, and uh, you know having volunteers be available for events like conventions and other things. So um, what we've really done is reimagined, you know, the sort of ACB media where it, where it has been and where it is now. And hopefully this will be able to sustain us, you know, into the future here, the next couple of years. Um, But, you know, exciting you know, it's it's exciting to hear that we've got over a couple hundred applications uh, when you take a look at those two roles combined um, that have come in. So there's a lot of work that's going on in Minneapolis as well as with Jen. Uh, Jen Flat is going to manage the ACB Media, you know, uh, manager, and the the manager will will uh, oversee. The day-to-day of the of the coordinator, so they'll all be part of the the communications arm of ACB. Uh, and in a couple of weeks, you'll be seeing a job description come out for uh, a general manager of thrift stores, which obviously will report to to Nancy Becker. And this is another FTE that was approved. Uh, by the board with uh, a March 1 onboarding or hiring uh, deadline that, you know, really the day-to-day operations oversight of our two thrift stores uh, take up a lot of time uh, for, for Nancy as well as Erica Keller in our Minneapolis office and having somebody that can devote much of their time to that uh, you know, the, the constant turnover of employees and just other other stuff that happens um, at those stores 
it, it takes up a lot of time. So um, was very grateful that the ACBS uh, board unanimously recommended that we, you know, put forth uh, the budget to to hire somebody. In addition to that, there, this individual is also going to be helping out uh, quite a bit with the scholarship program uh, because the, the scholarship program continues to grow and evolve and is really becoming more of a 12-month uh, and, and less seasonal sort of program inside ACB, which I think is good, but it, it's also very demanding for for Nancy and, and Erica and the scholarship committee. So uh, those are the, those are the roles. Um, any, any questions? This is David, Eric, yeah. I have one. How and did, I had passion as well too. Uh, how did y'all go about uh, advertising the positions? Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, we're using, I believe, Indeed, LinkedIn, uh, obviously, it's up on our website. Uh, Idealist, which is um, a nonprofit uh, hiring site. Um, that's what we're using. All right, Pat Sheehan. Go ahead, Pat. Yeah. Um, what is this well, addition of these three people? What would that bring the total of the staff to be? Uh, I believe 16, okay. 17, some, um, oh. I can get you an exact number, but it's, wow. it's in that range. Okay. That's kind of where I was thinking too. Okay. I have a question. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Ray. So, uh, in keep in keeping with the, um, request of our Spanish speaking folks, do any of these folks speak Spanish? Um, uh, the person that we've hired does not speak, uh, speak Spanish. Okay. We did have Wonderful. a candidate. Uh, we did have a candidate that did speak Spanish and unfortunately she took herself out of the running. Okay. So, okay. All right. Any other questions for Eric on the, and on actually, the um, just so everyone is aware, we did have it as uh, as preferred for the admin assistant uh, within the within the description to speak Spanish. Um, so didn't happen this time around. If I could just clarify one thing, Dan, it's Jen. Sure, go ahead, Jen. Yeah, just um, to be sure. Um, that uh, the ACB media coordinator is a contract. It will be a one-year contract, not an FTE. That's correct. It's a contract. Any other questions for Eric related to the, the job postings? Uh, just a little clarification, Dan, so, so that mm -hmm. we don't scare, scare everybody off. Uh, some of these are they're they're replacements they're not new hires so you know i know we're at 16 17 employees but you know a lot of them are new people but they're not new jobs right the the budget approved two new jobs which were the um uh the media and it manager 
and the uh, thrift store supervisor, right? Those are the two correct two yes. new positions. Um, even the contractor position is kind of uh, rolling a. There's an an existing contractor position that's going to roll into this new from, from a budgetary standpoint. From a budgetary right standpoint, but from yeah. a from a, a description standpoint, it's different. Yes. Correct, correct, but it's not any mm-hmm. additional money. Yeah. Okay. To answer David's question. All right. Anything else on the the job positions? It's always a, a delicate balance here to to go through the hiring process inside of ACB. And Dan, to even further clarify, part of the money for the IT uh, media manager role is also already accounted for from prior contracted uh, positions, right? Well, if you think about it in the long term, but it wasn't what we approved, but you're right. I mean, last year we approved two contractor positions, and this Correct. year we approved a... Uh, an FTE position yeah, and a contract exactly. position. That's correct. Right. I'm, ju- I'm just pointing yeah. it out. Yes, that, that's that, that's true. Yes. Okay. I'm just trying yep. to be fiscally yep. for for, yeah. for a growth standpoint. That's right. We've gone from two contractors to a contractor and a and a permanent and an, an, an FTE. Yep. All right. Uh, other other items for you this evening, Eric or. All right. And then actually I would, um, the, the last item, Dan, is I'd, I'd like to be able to just have Cindy provide just a brief update on the community a and, uh, what, what all happened with it. Fantastic. All right. So Cindy. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, we did this too. Well, last year and I don't know, 20, 20 and now 2021, uh, we made over $10,800 for in 2020. Uh, this year, uh, we made, I don't know the exact number, but it's over $12,200, about a 13% increase. We had 12 hours of content, uh, people sharing. Uh, we had entertainment. Uh, one of the fun things is that about one-third of those that participated in entertainment were under the age of 35. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, and and actually the youngest being 21. Um, we had 12 uh, hours with different facilitators and hosts each hour, trying to share, spread it out and allow different people to be able to participate. And uh, we had eight of those hours were uh, topic driven. And so people were able to share why they facilitate why they do the things they do for the community as event planners. And then people were able to come on and share the impact that the community has had on them. There were definitely some real moving moments. And if you missed the community-a-thon, I'm really sorry because it was pretty impactful. Um, we were up from 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. Eastern, and 
I know those of us that were there until the bitter end, it it was high energy and uh, really uh, made me proud to be a part of the American Council of the Blind and to hear the stories that others, uh, you know, shared um, from serving this organization to being on the receiving end of that engagement. So uh, thank you to all of you who supported the community thon and uh, it, it just, it's amazing how, you know, this just came, it was just an idea to try and really, to be honest, in 2020, it was to just celebrate what we had done over the last nine months. And why not try and raise money too? Thought maybe we'd make a couple grand. We made over 10. This year we went into it knowing we could and we did again and uh, raised over 12. So thank you for the support of the staff and of Dan and so many others. Um, yeah, so that's it. Well, thank you, Cindy. And thanks to, you know, to the, uh, all those that are involved in the community. And it was really a special evening. Boy, I thought at midnight my 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 house was really rocking with all the explosions that were going on. So it was kind of a neat way to uh, to bring in the new year. So uh, really, job well done and uh, congratulations. Well, I, I want to mention one more thing, uh, Jeff with ACB Media um, streamed the entire event. Uh, so I want to just thank you, Jeff, and and I just want to say recognize that this was New Year's Eve and uh, many of us uh, did this as volunteers and gave up you know our time and most people that did were not there just for their hour they were there for the for the whole time so it it really speaks to the commitment of those involved in the community so thank you very good thank you cindy all right back to you eric all right mr president i think that is all i have all right well thank you so much uh, do i have a motion to approve the staff report from our executive director eric bridges so move so move chris bell uh, ray is moved and chris is seconded all those in favor signify by saying aye aye, aye. aye. opposed all right. Thank you, Eric. Uh, next, uh, we're going to talk about, um, we're going to introduce Clark Reckful to talk about our reasonable accommodations policy and uh, special shout out to our new board member, uh, Chris Bell, who worked with Clark to put together this latest uh, version, which the board had um, asked uh, us to come back with here in the January meeting. So I'll well, turn it over to... And this, is, this is Chris. I have to apologize. Clark, I did not involve Clark in this draft because I was still trying to figure out what I was doing. So uh, I am solely responsible uh, for worse and all for the draft. I, I'm not trying to keep Clark from saying something, but I wanted to be clear that in, in point of fact, I did not involve Okay. This is Clark, and I second Chris's, Chris Bell's statement. <laughs> <laughs> but it, right. it's not it's just, better if I said it than you said it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in Chris's defense, I mean, this is the this is the statement that the board um, began reviewing this past summer, and again in the fall, and at the one of the fall board meetings, um, Chris was voluntold uh, to to <laughs> take a stab at refining the draft that the board had uh, previously adopted. All right. So let me let me start, Dan. So I'll I go may, ahead, Chris. Uh, yes. Mm -hmm. Just to give a, a an overview here. Essentially, most of the text, if you read the document, you've read before. Mm -hmm. Primarily, what I did was to reframe the discussion to make clear that ACB has, even before the ADA, been providing accessible events for people who uh, are blind or have low vision or who are deaf blind. Um, and we build that accessibility into the infrastructure of our events. So we have uh, a blind friendly infrastructure. That's not accommodation, okay? Accommodation is something you do for an individual to address their particular specific disability related needs, which they request. Yes, we'll do that, all right? But essentially, we have a planning process that anticipates the needs of our members for effective communication, for uh, assistance getting around in a strange hotel, et cetera, et cetera. And I would also say that we go beyond, in several cases, what the Americans with Disabilities Act would require under Title III. So um, that's the reframing. And uh, I realized when I read over it again today that I might reorder some of the paragraphs, some things maybe were towards the bottom in terms of the alphabet that maybe should have gone up closer up to the top. But um, anyway, I'll be happy to, um, I don't think anybody wants to read this out loud. So I guess, uh, let me make a motion that uh, the accommodate the accessible events and accommodation policy be accepted, and uh, and we'll see if we get a second uh, from Patrick on that. And then uh, we'll open it up for discussion. All right. So Chris has moved, and Pat has seconded. Uh, all right. Discussion. Any comments from our members? This is Connie. Yes, I, Connie. I don't have a problem, but for clarification, since it's going to be a document, there's a spelling error that is a little bit needs to be fixed. Um, and under, it's number A, announcements and notices. It's the last sentence that says ACB publications will be available as N I N N. It just oh. needs to take off that extra N. So it's, sure. it caught me. I it got my Thank you. Thank you. So that's it. Connie, you're into double consonants tonight. I am. Yes. <laughs> you're obviously against them. Admit it. <laughs> uh, thank you, Connie, for catching that. All right. I think that's a, a, I think that's a, a definitely a, a, an easy fix. Okay. Uh, thanks. Anyone else? All right. Hearing none, Chris, I want to thank you so much for all your work, and I'm going to call the questions. So all those in favor of 
the, the uh, adopting the um, ex, uh, accessibility and reasonable accommodations policy um, signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right, Chris, thank, thank you so you, much Chris. for all your hard work. And Clark, thank you for uh, shepherding all of us here to, uh, through this process over the better part of a year. So thank you, sir. All right. Next uh, item is um, really, um, you know, I'm sure the focal point for a lot of those that are listening on ACB media this evening. And that is really uh, for us to have a, a discussion as a board uh, about the upcoming DC Leadership Conference and whether it should be a virtual only or hybrid event. Um, I think given the spirit of ACB and that we are a membership driven organization, thought it was really appropriate that we take some time over the last week or two when it became obvious that you know, uh, Omicron and, and the situation we were in with the virus was putting us all in kind of a new frame of mind that we reach out to our membership and listen to what they had to say. So we first um, brought this conversation up at the Advocacy Steering Committee uh, meeting uh, be two weeks ago tomorrow, I guess. Uh, and had a very good discussion about the legislative seminar and the pros and cons of being virtual only versus hybrid. And I'll give Jeff a moment to speak about that uh, as our chair of the Advocacy Steering Committee, along with Clark Rackful, our uh, staff lead. Uh, and then uh, second, uh, we had a series of conversations with our membership. Uh, first, Anthony Corona hosted a Sunday edition show with Ray, our second vice president, uh, representing our ACB board of directors. Uh, and uh, Penny Reeder called in uh, as a member of our BOP and uh, had a very good discussion in that event. And then we had community events uh, on that following week on both Monday and Thursday. Uh, Cindy called them uh, office hours with Dan, but uh, it was really a, a, a conversation. We had um, Deb and Jeff Tom uh, on with myself on Monday at nine o'clock. And then on Thursday at six, we had uh, Kim and David that participated. And again, we took the whole hour and heard from our members. And then on Wednesday at the Hump Day Happy Hour call, uh, I was on uh, listening to our affiliate presidents and getting their thoughts uh, related to uh, the DC Leadership Conference. So I think we've we've tried hard to be open and to listen. And as always, when we make these kind of decisions, I think it's really important to hear from all our officers and board members and have them go on the record on their thoughts. Uh, with the DC leadership conference in this case, and whether it should be virtual only or hybrid. So what I'm going to do is give everybody a chance to, you know, state their thoughts and opinions. And then at the end of hearing from each of our officers and board members, uh, we will uh, take a vote on how to proceed. Um, with that said, before we get into hearing from everybody, um, 
not don't wish to put uh, Eric and Nancy and Kelly on the spot, uh, but people have asked some questions related to the contract with the Hilton and our position um, related to that contract. So, um, Nancy, Eric, um, any comments from your side? I know you all worked very hard to kind of structure this to give us, uh, you know, opportunity if something like this uh, did did arise. So, sure. So, um, yeah, I'll just I'll just kick this off. You know, we did we did site visits last uh, spring and summer, uh, Kelly and I, and uh, settled on the uh, the Hilton Old Town, Alexandria, which is a very nice hotel. <laughs> and um, you know, um, they were they were good to work with. Uh, you know, I think uh, you know. The, the bulk of the negotiation over contract language was done by Nancy um, from, you know, the other negotiations that we uh, had to engage in uh, uh, from conventions. And so, you know, we, we have no money um, that is committed at this stage. Uh, I'd leave it up to Kelly to kind of talk about, you know, the, working with the hotel and Nancy with regard to the, uh, the force majeure, uh, contracting language and, uh, you know, the, the, the dollar amount, it, it's our feeling that we've got, um, you know, through the, through the language, um, some pretty solid ground to, to work with, uh, in terms of being able to, to get out of this year, but also, uh, doing outreach to the hotel to, engaged for next year and potentially years after. So um, actually, Nancy, why don't we kick it to you? Okay, thank you. So when we were working on this contract, we had put in the force majeure piece, we had put in there that if 51% of our attendees could not attend, that we would be able to, I would say, get out of our contract. And in thinking about this, you know, typically right now, from what I'm hearing is um, if there's an event happening, only 30% of the people that typically would attend uh, an event are attending. So based on that, I would say that we are going to have less than 51% attending. And um, I know there was a question about deposits. We have not put any deposits down at the Hilton for this event. What we typically have done, we had a contract for our convention in 2020 that we were able to negotiate our way out of and for 2021 that we were able to negotiate. And what we have done in the past is we try to go back to the hotel, talk to them about what is going on, and then we offer up that we would be interested in another contract with them. So it would be 2023 or 2023 and 2024. So based on what we have had in the past, we should be able to get out of this contract without paying any kind of damages or any funds to the hotel. All right. Thank you. I kind of like the idea of offering them also the opportunity to, to be back next year uh, because that means we're not walking away completely. That's good. 
Thank you. Uh, thank you, Eric and Nancy. Um, Jeff, did you want to give a quick update before we go call on each officer and board member on the report out and recommendation from the Advocacy Steering Committee? Sure. So um, the Advocacy Steering Committee, with the caveat that if the members felt differently that this motion should be you know, ignored, um, moved unanimously that we make this a totally remote event and not have any in-person component. We did so based upon you know, mainly three different things. First and foremost, of course, is the you know, heightened risk of problems that uh, the Omicron variant has created and, and the especially serious um, situation in the D.C. area. Secondly, um, pursuant to information we learned uh, about the um, permit process that is now in effect for engaging in demonstrations and the like, um, we learned that we uh, were too late under the 180-day process to have our Treasury Department um, demonstration, which I think we all hope we will be able to do next year. Um, and thirdly, um, from information that was presented to us by not only um, Clark and Swatha, but also by our former staff member and committee member now on the steering committee, Claire Stanley, who works for the National Disability Rights Network. Um, although some staffers may decide to eventually begin going back to uh, a more in-person type of appointment for legislative assistance, um, at the present time, it is still almost all uh, composed of Zoom appointments. And so if you take these things into consideration, um, there really appeared to be little reason or little incentive for people to go to um, D.C. And, of course, there are the advantages that we had with the seminar. Number one, we got great speakers last year when we did it virtually. And number two, there were more people than ever before who were engaged in the Zoom appointment process with their legislative assistants. And so with all those things in mind, we voted unanimously to have a, uh, a non-in-person legislative seminar. And that was our recommendation to the board. Thank you, Jeff. All right, now I'm going to call on our officers and board members. I'm going to start with our uh, immediate past president, Kim Charlson, and then go to first, second, secretary and treasurer, and then to our board. So, uh, Kim, you now have the floor. Thank you, Dan. Um, I'll be brief because I think that the, um, the process that, um, well, first of all, I'll say that I don't, I don't think that any of us ever anticipated a year ago that we'd be back having this very similar conversation. It seems to be an ongoing um, situation that we have to deal with, with the pandemic and um, the fact that so many things are being turned on their ear and ACB has done an amazingly good job of, of uh, recouping from plans that have gone awry because of the pandemic. And um, I think we will continue to do so. 
Um, what is really the most critical thing is is that we, you know, the the explanation that Jeff provided was really helpful. Those were good rationales. And what I really think is that the, the one major rationale that all of us know in our hearts and our gut is, is that we have to make sure that we make a decision that keeps our members safe. And that's ultimately the most important decision that we can make. And this, this round is so different than where we were a year ago because it's touching so many people, so much closer to all of us and many of our members as well. Um, I, in fact, about two hours ago, got a letter um, from my employer indicating that I had been a close contact to someone who was diagnosed um, a couple days ago. And you know, the scary thing is you have no idea. And especially as a blind person, you have no idea ever. You know, if you're with somebody who has a mask or doesn't have a mask, it's just all a lot to cope with. And I think we can accomplish so much um, approaching this in a virtual way with the incredibly successful um, legislative seminar and leadership seminar that we held last year and really take that to heart and make the, our 2022 legislative seminar the best it can possibly be given the circumstances. And I would urge all of us to strongly consider a virtual um, leadership seminar, legislative seminar, president's meeting um, for, for the good of the organization and for the safety of all of us. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Kim. And next we'll hear from uh, First Vice President Deb Cook-Lewis. Sure. So I support everything that's been said and will be said. Um, I, the one thing that I think might be unique that I can talk about is that in addition to all of the challenges that have been mentioned, um, I'm a uh, a rural person. <laughs> I never thought I would do that, but I'm a rural person and uh, we don't have a lot of flights ever. I mean, even when it's good, but we we have less of them right now because the crews are not well and are not flying and other things are sort of wrong with the flying. And so I am uh, concerned uh, for um, the idea of going on any kind of major trip right now, this moment, uh, or in the next six weeks, and uh, getting stuck there. And if I were to get sick and get stuck there, um, even when I was ready to come back, it's hard because we have no flights. So I I think there are a lot of factors that impact people um, that are that even go beyond the ones that impact everyone. And so um, at my decision uh, was going to have to be that I wasn't coming in person, even though I absolutely value this meeting. Uh, I actually, in some ways, like it more than the convention. I think it's great. And I, and I was really looking forward to it, and I would be there. But um, I felt like the risks that have already been displayed, uh, plus the additional ones of the challenges of, of travel for me and for many of our members, um, it is really, really concerning right now. Thank you, Deb. And now we'll hear from second Vice President Ray Campbell. All right. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, I'm sick and tired of COVID. I think we all are. I mean, it's just, it's like, when is this going to end? Okay. Let me just get that out of the way first. Um, I feel like we're letting this virus control us, but yet 
as a society, we kind of have no choice. Um, I fe- I have felt I felt up until last Sunday, and still kind of do, that if we wanted to have an in-person component, we could have done it safely. I mean, my goodness, thousands of people, ninety thousand people were in Dallas today at a football game. Um, there are people going to concerts. There are people going to other events. <clears throat> but as a board member. I have a responsibility to, as an officer, I have a responsibility to listen to what our membership are saying. And there are really two things over the last week that I heard that convinced me that, hey, we need to go to a virtual only event this year. And the first one was people were on various calls from the Washington DC area who in a sense said, we love you, but don't come. It's a mess out here. that's pretty powerful. When I hear what people on the ground are saying about about this, um, about the situation. And the second of all, uh, what Jeff just reported a few minutes ago, and that is that the offices aren't even open. Why, I mean, what's the main, what's the big reason we go to Washington DC is to have in-person appointments with um, our, the staffs of our legislators and sometimes the legislators themselves. And uh, also, I know many people take that as an opportunity to go do a little sightseeing. I don't know what's even open for that out there right now in terms of uh, like the mall and things like that. So with all that being said, and with hearing tonight that we should be able to get out of this without having to pay anything, um, before I say my closing comment, I I am concerned about one thing, but uh, earlier this week, Deb kind of alleviated my fears a little bit on this. And that's, I kind of thought of the leadership as maybe a good practice run for hybrid, for a hybrid event with the convention coming up so that we could try to understand and work through any accessibility issues that we might have for all of our attendees in a hybrid situation. But um, earlier this week, um, hearing uh, from Deb who, has forgotten more about the media stuff than I'll ever know. Uh, that kind of um, reassured me a little bit that we can um, still get that done. So all that being said, uh, I'm going to vote to make reluctantly, very reluctantly vote to make the 2022 DC Leadership Conference a virtual only event. And we sure as hell better be able to get there in 2023 in person or I think I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Thank you. Thank you, Ray. Now we'll hear from ACB Secretary Denise Colley. Denise? Well, first of all, just <laughs> to take the opportunity to speak selfishly first, um, there is no way right now, given what's going on, that I would feel comfortable traveling anywhere um, with my situation and still being in the first year of my um, diagnosis. Um, But also, um, I did listen in on the call on Monday, did have the opportunity Monday evening, and there was not one person who spoke in favor of a hybrid um, conference. So I think to me, that spoke a lot about where the membership is in all of this. And I, um, you know, I want to respect that. Thank you, Denise. And now ACB Treasurer, David Trott. 
Well, I'm going to start out with my own selfish part as well. Uh, I hadn't, I hadn't missed the DC conference that, that we've held in person in over 20 years. Uh, and I would miss this year if, if we choose to go hybrid, I'd have to be one of the homebodies uh, because of underlying health conditions. But also, you know, when you look at the overall thing, it's not just the, the Omicron, it's, it's the flight situation. It's, it's everything that, that you have to deal with in today's world. And I, I would really hate to see us go and someone get it or a lot of people get it and get stuck there and possibly delay our in-person uh, convention in Omaha. I think we need to do everything that we can uh, that's in our power to make Omaha in-person. And I think that we need to just forego forego DC this year and hopefully uh, Eric and team can get us contract in this hotel. I love this hotel that they're talking about. I think it'd be a good multi-year hotel. And I think, you know, we need to use this as an opportunity to get a multi-year contract and just stay home this year. Thank you, Dan. All right. Thank you, David. And now let's see, boy, we got this first kind of roll call with our new board members, but I'll try to do it in alphabetical order. So next we'll hear from our uh, one of our new board members, Chris Bell. So, Chris. Thank you, Dan. Um, I agree with everything that everybody else has said. Um, also, I would note that uh, my, my wife, Joe, and I have twice had to travel to Kansas City, Missouri uh, this spring and summer. And have stayed in hotels, and I can tell you that even before uh, Omicron, that uh, there were a lot of staff members that were not available at hotels for a variety of reasons. And so, the level of service in one case, the restaurant wasn't open. I mean, we could have a real problem even if we decided to go there, and the hotel wasn't adequately staffed because of the disease or or for other reasons. Um, and so I, that's an issue. But I do think, secondly, I would like to see ACB become uh, more involved in the issue of accessible uh, COVID-19 testing, because everything I'm able to learn is that uh, there's no way in heck that I can test myself on these rapid antigen uh, tests. And that's of great concern to me. In terms of going outside and, and going to uh, going to meetings or even going to Omaha, because I have a 99 year old father and I really I see him regularly. I don't want to don't want to travel and then try to go see him without any way of knowing whether or not I have COVID. So thank you. Thank you, Chris. Now we'll hear from uh, Board of Director Member Jeff Bishop. I have nothing further to add, Dan, except to say that I agree with all the comments that have been stated here. Thank you, Jeff. All right, now we'll hear from Board of Director Donna Brown. I don't really have anything else to add except that you know, I did listen in on, on one of the calls. I think it was Monday night. A couple of the people you know, right in that area basically said they would come. And I thought, well, if they're not going to come, I, you know, we probably, as much as I will miss being in person, but I, I think the right thing to do right now is to go virtual. And we did it last year. We can do it again. And probably bigger and better than last year. Thank you, Donna. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> okay, thank you, Donna. <laughs> now, Board of Director Jim Crott. 
Um, I don't have anything further to add. I, I don't really think that we have any kind of a choice in this. We have got to uh, to go forward virtually. Thank you. Thank you, Jim. And now, Board of Director Doug Powell. All I, all I want to add is that uh, Ski for Light um, canceled their uh, their event this year, and they were outside. So this is all inside. So I I, I agree with everybody. I'm, I think we ought to be uh, virtual. All right. Thank you. And now, uh, Board of Director Pat Sheehan. The only thing that I would add, thank you, Dan, is that uh, Washington, D.C. just reinstated its health emergency. I think it was either today or yesterday. And the rest of the transportation with WMATA down in Washington, D.C., including Uber, Lyft, and cab service is a real mess. So not a great place to be showing up and try to get around. So this has my support. Thank you, Patrick. And now Kenneth Simeon, Board Director Kenneth Simeon Sr. Thanks, Dan. I am in agreement with everything that has been spoken, and I had a list of concerns that I would have mentioned, but it's really not necessary now. I am in favor of us uh, delaying having an in-person event, uh, especially uh, this coming March. There's so much uncertainty about what will be even then, if, even if we were to vote in favor of going today. We, we are so uncertain about what might happen uh, during the month of February or even uh, March. So uh, thanks for the time to speak about. Uh, I'm glad that everybody seems to be on the same page. Thank you, Kenneth. And now Board of Director Connie Sims. Thank you, Dan. I don't have much else to say either, but I did listen to a couple of the calls this week. And um, like everyone said, we need to listen to our members and especially the D.C. area. Um, people spoke up and really said that they don't want people there. And I agree. So um, I'm disappointed. But I think with my health, too, and um, the health of our members, we just need to go virtual. So thank you. Thank you, Connie. Uh, Board of Director Michael Talley. Yes, sir. I agree with everything that has been said, and unfortunately, I agree that we need to go virtual. All right. Thank you, Michael. And last but not least, uh, Board of Director Jeff Tom. Nothing new except the second Chris Bell's uh, uh, remarks on uh, advocacy around accessible COVID-19 testing. All right. Thank you, Jeff. And... Uh, Thank you to all of our board of uh, directors and officers uh, for their candid thoughts. Uh, I, several people have asked me, did we need to make the decision now? And I believe we did. I think one thing we've all learned in ACB, we, we move faster and we move more collaboratively if we have a definite uh, direction that we're headed. And I think by making this decision this evening, we will all uh, have the ability to move forward. We're already having initial discussions about perhaps being able to reformat the BC Leadership Conference a little bit, uh, given that we will be virtual only. And from that, we don't necessarily have to meet eight hours a day, but we could kind of expand that a little bit. And then we're already hearing feedback I've uh, brought this up in a couple of our calls 
that perhaps, you know, the president's meeting will be four, four and a half hours on Saturday and Sunday. And then the leaders, the legislative seminar will be four or five hours on Monday and Tuesday. That therefore we can allow the, the West Coast uh, to easily participate as well as the East Coast. And we won't have Zoom fatigue. Uh, so we will be finalizing the agenda here over the next week or two. But right now, I need to go ahead and just wanted to give a few thoughts. I, I want to, again, thank our members. Thank them for participating in all our community events. Thanks to our affiliate presidents. Uh, as most of our board members have shared, I, if it wasn't 100%, it was at least 95 to 98% plus of uh, the comments that we heard is our membership is truly supportive of a virtual only uh, for this year's DC Leadership Conference. And that is not to any way, um, as we heard from many of our members, um, not acknowledge that we really want to get back together. We so much want to see each other and be in person, but we've got to wait till we can do it in a, in a very safe manner. And so with that said, I will ask somebody to officially make the motion and second, and then we'll call the question. So uh, would someone make a motion for this year's uh, format for this year's DC Mr. leadership President, conference? Yes, right. I would move, I would move that the 2022 DC leadership conference be held as a virtual only event. Second, Kenneth. All right. So Ray has made the motion. Kenneth has second. I will ask if anybody has any further discussion or comments. Dan, Hearing. just a question for you. Um, yes. How does this change? Are you anticipating this changing the, the time for the board meeting on Friday or anything like that? I, I believe what we'll do on Friday is what we did last year where we started a little bit later so people could get a half day in at work and we'll probably do it in like that one to seven time frame. Okay. I think it would be the idea on uh, on Eastern time. So, okay. yeah. Sounds okay. Good. All right. Hearing no other discussion, all those in favor signify of the motion signify by saying aye. 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 Opposed? All right. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you to our membership for making this an easy decision for us by you providing us your honest feedback. Uh, we are a membership-driven organization. And if I want to, as we heard over and over again, this board listens to its members and we appreciate your input. With that said, do I have a motion? Yes, go ahead. I just had one comment um, yes, in Kim. response to Chris and to Jeff about accessible um, rapid COVID tests. Yes. Um, as, as some of you may know that um, there was an article last week in the New York Times and I was quoted and, and I, it appears now that I have become one of the nation's leading experts on accessibility of rapid COVID tests. Mm. So I can, I can tell you that I, I have had a conversation, um, exchanged email with, um, with Mark Riccobono because NFB has also, um, is also concerned about this issue and has um, sent a letter to um, the, well, the administration, basically, um, expressing concerns about the amount of federal dollars 
that are being spent to purchase rapid COVID tests and encouraging people to say and to contact the administration and indicate that they wish those tests to be accessible. It impacts us as blind people. And I think this is absolutely an issue that there is no question that we all have a very similar stance on that we want to see accessibility. Um, so, you know, we've, we've proposed out there that there are some options, you know, using some technology options if you have a smartphone and can call Ira or Be My Eyes, but that doesn't address the, the underlying issue about the accessibility of the tests themselves. So I'm, you know, I'm very keen to have ACB members um, follow up in, in the like manner that NFB members are doing to express our concerns and our need for accessibility with, with the COVID rapid um, testing process. And um, we'll make sure that that information gets shared um, so that we can participate and be active participants in what I think is a, a first step on, on this issue. And maybe we don't feel like we have an answer right now, but if we apply pressure, then that pressure can turn around and be applied to the manufacturers. And that's where this has to be addressed. Mr. President. Mr. President. Okay. Uh, okay. First, I think we had what Ray and then Jeff. And did I hear somebody else? Okay. First Relate, Ray and then yeah. First Ray and then Jeff. Okay. I'll be quick. Mm -hmm. Related to that, uh, what Kim said, all these federal tests are going to be made available by the federal government on a website. How are people that don't have access to the web supposed to access these tests? Not just blind people, but others if they want to. That's my big concern is, and a lot of COVID stuff unfortunately has been done through websites and nobody has thought about the people who don't have web access. And that's one of my big concerns, uh, or maybe have the knowledge to, uh, you know, work a smartphone uh, or you know whatever access or, or whatever. I, 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 that's a that's a big concern to me, and I I hope we can include that as part of this as well. Thanks. Thank you, Rain. Before I recognize Jeff, I'll just uh, I know Jeff and Clark and team. The advocacy steering committee is having a call to, tomorrow evening, I believe. So this can be a topic on the agenda for that. But Jeff, go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to let um, folks know what I already actually told. Uh, Eric and Dan and Clark, that um, Andy Imperato, who used to work for Harkin and was at APD, uh, is now um, the CEO of Disability Rights California, which I am board president. And Andy has been active uh, at the national level on the advisory committee to the Biden administration on COVID-19. And I have um, put this in his um, radar screen, and he's uh, very adamant that he will bring this up to the administration as well. So we're already beginning. I'm glad to see what you and you and Kim and uh, Mark are doing as well. Yeah, and uh, Eric and uh, Clark and I have a meeting with Mark Riccobono and some of the NFB team on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, so great. Yes, and yeah. just to one more factor in, in all of this, um, the World Blind Union, and um, this is a global issue, really. And so our leadership on this issue is really significant to address a global problem of access. 
So just wanted to put that out there as well. So we're, we're t trying to take a leadership role there as well. Very this good. is Chris. I, I would like to at least put on the plate uh, the fact that, uh, or, or the desire that one of our legislative imperatives be directed at accessible antigen testing for COVID. Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm sure our, our folks will put that, take that under advisement. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for all your comments. Do we have a motion to adjourn? So I'm so adjourned. Okay, many. Denise, many made the motion to adjourn and many seconded. So, all right. All right, everybody. Have a good evening. Thank you for all your time. Thank you. And uh, thank you, thank you for, for your work at making a very hard decision.